0: Alright, so, um, this week, you read Zechariah? How many of you? Okay, seven of you? Great. Oh, okay. Um, Try to keep up on this. I know we're in the minor prophets. I know sometimes we get bogged down, but uh, this is good stuff, you know, we, you know, there are. Eight visions in Zechariah, the first six chapters, and we went through some of the visions this week. We had a flying scroll, we had a flying basket, we had uh, all kinds of stuff going on, and then um, Zechariah was talking about bronze mountains and valleys, and a lot of people attribute it to, okay, this is this is Revelation. This is what's the correlations here, and everybody's trying to draw stuff together. We are not going to talk about that today. I, there's too much conjecture. and um, You know, there was a time when, when Jesus showed up and he was the Messiah. And they said, no, you can't be the Messiah because it's not who we figured you'd be. So, I'm, I am not, I love eschatology, but my overarching thing of eschatology is Jesus can come whenever he wants to come. And God tells him to go, he'll go. And, this, and so, trying to figure out, oh, when's it going to happen? I'll say, okay. Jesus said to observe the signs. Be aware. That, that's about it. I mean, in my in my, humble estimation. So today, after as we went through 5 and 6 this week, we got about halfway through chapter 6, and then it goes, it turns to narrative. And by narrative, I mean things happen, and Zechariah responds to it. They do something. Zechariah says, This is what the Lord says, this is what the Lord says, this is what the Lord says. And so today we are just going to take on one chapter. Just and it's a short chapter. We're gonna we're gonna do it piece by piece here. We're gonna look at it in depthly if we can. Zechariah chapter seven. So turn to Zechariah chapter 7 in your Bible, in your Bible app, in your book that we have passed out to you. Let's read this together. In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. The people of Bethel had sent Sherezer. and and Regamelech together with their men to entreat the Lord by asking the priests of the house of the Lord Almighty and the prophets, Should I mourn and fast in the fifth month, as I have done for so many years? Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priests, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months for the past seventy years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. But they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly they turned their backs, covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. When I called, they did not listen, so when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations where they were strangers. The land they left behind them was so desolate that no one traveled through it, and this is how they made the pleasant land desolate. All right, how many of you know what's going on? Well, let me explain. Okay, so about this time, because he actually gives you an exact date of when the word of the Lord came on December fourth, five eighteen B.C. A delegation came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. They had a, they had a reasonable question to ask at this time. The temple is about halfway built. And so there's, there's this bustle around the temple. And some a delegation come from the north down into Jerusalem to ask some questions. Did you see where it came from? Bethel. Have we heard that name before? Remember, Bethel is one of the locations in the northern Israel nation of Israel, the ten tribes, we had the northern tribes, the tribe, remember before the captivities? Alright. Bethel was one of the places where they had the cav, idol, temples. And the two guys that are the delegates that come with the group that we have the names here, these are very foreign names. These are not Jewish names. So, we have reason to believe that these may have been the people that have been brought in by the Assyrians and they have this sort of tainted, baked idea of serving the Lord in the north. And this is, this is the start of where in the New Testament we get the Samaritans. Okay? So we don't know for sure, but that's a good, a good indication we know where they come from and they come ask questions. But it sounds like an honest question. Should we fast on the fifth month? Well, if we go to chapter 8, we see that there were more months in fasting. Okay? There were four specific fasts. In the 70 years of captivity, they fasted five times a year. Okay. Looking at the law... God gave to Moses, and that was presented in the Torah, God calls the people to fast one day. It's the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. But because of what had happened to Jerusalem, men devised four other fasts. Okay, So let me, let me tell you what the fasts were. They were, okay, these are, this is Roman calendar, okay? So, um, April 17th, they declared a fast, mourning the capture of Jerusalem. That was the time they celebrated, or celebrated, they commemorated, they remembered the, the tragedy. May 9th, the burning of Jerusalem and the destruction of Solomon's temple. In July the 3rd, they commemorated the assassination of Gedalia and the massacre of the 80 men. And then October 10th, they commemorated the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's siege against Jerusalem. So they had these specific days when they remembered tragedy. They remembered bad things and they decided to fast that day. So they did it for 70 years. And so the people that have returned to Jerusalem and they're rebuilding the temple and the temple is now being built and they're returning to religious activity in Jerusalem. The delegation from Bethel said, hey, should we still be fasting? I mean, I think I, I think that's a reasonable question. Because we were celebrating we're not celebrating, we were remembering and commemorating the destruction of the temple, but now the temple's being rebuilt again. What should we do? So let's go and ask God what He thinks. And of course, God answers through Zechariah. Not like they expected. You know, oftentimes we get a glimpse of what happened to the Jewish people that had been taken into captivity. So many of them believed that Jerusalem would never fall. Because God was with them. Even though they didn't particularly follow God that well. And they oppressed people around them. And they treated each other horribly. They thought Jerusalem would never fall. And then it fell. And this caused a crisis of faith to many Jews when they were in captivity. is, Is our God not as strong as the Babylonian God? What's... What, what what's what's going on forgetting the fact that the prophets were warning people over and over again, you keep doing this wrong you you what, you're, you you you're serving me, but you're also serving these other idols and you're you know you're playing the harlot is what many of the prophets say yet yeah, you expect the Jerusalem never to fall. In fact, we get a little glimpse of that when we look at Psalm 137, which is an exilic psalm. This was a song that was developed during the exile. So let's read that. It's beautiful, it's powerful, describes the sadness of heart that made the exiles remember their sin and tragedy. ...with those days and begin fasting. Let's read the first six verses of Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept... ...when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion... How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. And isn't this like the Jewish people? So... The, the Babylonians are like, hey, sing a song of joy. They're, they're mocking the Jews. Sing a song of joy. Even though you're in another country, you've been, everything that you know has been crushed and everything. Sing a song of joy. So they make a song about how can we sing a song of joy? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So you get to sing a song. How can I sing of joy when Jerusalem's in a pile of rubble? It, it made its way into the, the songbook of the Bible. I think that's very interesting. All right, so let's look at verses one through three, one through four of our reading. I'm sorry, four through seven. Then the word of the Lord Almighty came. Ask my people let him when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past seventy years, seventy years, was it really for me that you fasted? I think that's a great question. God, being a good rabbi, answered a question with a question. Should we, should we, should we still mourn and fast on the fifth month? Were you really fasting for me? Were you not fasting? For yourself. Throwing a little pity party on the 5th, 7th, 8th, 10th month. We're not in Jerusalem anymore. Unless it was reflection of why you were there. And then after 70 years of repeating this over and over again, it became, it took on a life of its own. Again, they're not looking at the law. They're looking at traditions of man for the last 70 years. Well, there's an old joke between Jeremy and I. Church people, we get bogged down in tradition. I mean, we do something two or three weeks in a row, all of a sudden it's become, oh, we can't do anything different. (laughs) Right? Right? You know, there are some people. I'm one of them, who sit in the same seat of our church every week. Every once in a while, I try to sit someplace different. You know, as you know, I have I have hearing aids. I sit up front generally because I come up to preach or do part of part of this gig here, but. I sat back about two or three rows a couple weeks ago. I'm like, wow, I can hear so much better. I think because the speaker is like just a little bit up. I come down here, I can't hear anything. But there are people that, that you, you sit down and then they go, wait, you're in my seat, right? <laughs> my seat, right? So we, we get kind of stuck Hey, so next week, come in, sit completely different place. Throw everybody off. It only takes a couple people to do that because you sit in someone else's seat and they're like, uh, where do I sit? And then they go over to another seat and, oh, well, you're sitting in my seat. And they go, oh, yeah, it's going to be pandemonium. <laughs> but again, that's not gospel. If someone comes and sits in my seat and they want to hear about Jesus, man, have at it. I love it. I think that's awesome. But the point is that we get stuck in man-made stuff instead of what God is asking us to do. So even though they have a reasonable question here, they're asking the wrong question. They're asking the wrong question. Did you really fast for me? God's word through Zechariah rebuked the people of God for what their fasting had become indulgent pity parties instead of a time to generally seek God. The lives were not right when they did eat and drink, and that's the point when Jerusalem was still in the hands of the Jews, when they were having plenty, they ignored God. They ignored God and his prophets and his word. They didn't listen to him. I mean, it says it right here. I called to them they wouldn't listen to me. So when they call to me, I'm not going to listen to them. I believe that is still relevant to us today. Sometimes we get things are going well. We just oh, I you know, and I forgot to go to church, or I got to be obedient and do what I'm supposed to be doing. Got a little sidetracked, whatever, and then something bad happens. God. All of a sudden he becomes important again. This is exactly what happened in the 500s B.C. in Jerusalem. And so God makes it evidently clear what he is asking for them. Don't worry about whether you want to fast on the fifth month, the seventh month worry about obeying what I'm asking you to do. And it sounds very familiar. Because the other prophets have said the same thing. He says this. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless. The alien or the poor. In your hearts do not think evil of each other. Don't worry about fasting. Worry about treating each other with compassion, justice, mercy. Don't oppress those that are less fortunate than you. That's what a life that will please me looks like. This is what God is telling him. You're worrying about a religious ritual? I'm telling you, you will know a follower of Yahweh by how they treat one another. How they treat others. That is what God is looking for. This is what He's looking for. See, many the Jews think, "Well, if if I if I fast, then maybe God will take pity on me. If I do something, then God will be have to take care of me or have to do." Something. No, 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 no. God can do whatever He wants. He's just asking for obedience. We need to be obedient so that we'll get something from from God no because God's already given us everything we need he has he's given us everything so let me ask you a question that hits home why do you come to church well, what why do you why do you come to church? Because you know, the last 2 years there been a lot of people said why do we even go to church? And now we're telling people come back and you guys have been very faithful but why do you come to church? Is it so you can check off a box? Okay, I came to church. Well, if I go to church, that makes them a good Christian and maybe God'll give me some blessing. Or do you come to church because you want to be here because you want to Be in a community and have a relationship with God and relationship with his people. I mean, there's other great answers, but it's not because God will then listen to me. That makes me a good person if I go to church. No. Maybe you come here because you want to hear the word of God. That's kind of important. Because if you hear the word of God, then you hear truth. And you need to hear truth enough times that you recognize it as truth. One of the things that all of us have said, and we've been beating you over the head with this for five years, is read your word, know your word, so that when someone says, well, this is what the Bible says, you go, where does it say that? Because you're knowledgeable of what God has actually said. That so when someone says, this is what God says, you say, No, 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 he does not say that. You understand what I'm saying? You need to practice hearing truth. You need to hear the Spirit talk to you so that you recognize his voice. Jesus put it this way I am the good shepherd. My sheep won't go to another because they recognize my voice. You need to hear that voice. And you know that voice when you read the Word of God. You can hear the Holy Spirit. Listen, there are times I'm, I'm getting better at that. I mean, I'm not bragging or anything, but I, I'm. sometimes I hear stuff and I go, man, that's not, that's not the Word of God. That's not that's me or someone else something else putting something in my head and i want to hear from god that's what i want to hear all right so then he says because their hearts were not right with god their rituals not right before god every day obedience would make their times of fasting meaningful meaningful he's not dismissing Fasting, in fact, I personally feel that fasting is a lost art in the church today. But if you're in relationship with God, fasting has meaning. Because you're trying to draw closer to Him. Or you're something that you want to correct in your life. It's a discipline that we need to do. We need to use. Just... An idea here. God wants us to focus on active obedience. And an active walk with him. He said. Through the earlier prophets. When Jerusalem and its surrounding towns. Were at rest and prosperous. The irony here. And Zacharias says this. Is that. If. Israel's ancestors had been obedient, they would have never had to fast to remember. Because they wouldn't have been conquered or desolate. And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said Administer true justice, show mercy, don't oppress the widow or the orphan, foreigner or poor. Here's what the New King James says in verse 7, execute true justice, show mercy and compassion. Execute true justice means this is something an action In Zechariah 7:11 through 12 from the New King James Version, it says this, But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, and stopped their ears, so they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Zachariah vividly describes the progression of rejection that you need to be aware of. It begins with a simple refusing to heed God. That's what the New King James is, but to listen to God. It begins with that. Then a shrugging of the shoulders. Justifying why you're doing what you're doing. And then the stopping of their ears. And it ends with a heart of flint. And that's a hard heart. So, that's the progression. If you hear from the Lord and you choose not to listen to him. Pretty soon... The word of the Lord will become just indifferent to you. You'll become indifferent to it. And then after that you will have a hard heart. So we need to hear the word of the Lord. We need to listen to the word of the Lord. And we need to act on the word of the Lord. It's a constant battle. You don't just do it once. You have to practice it, getting better at hearing the Lord, listening to the Lord, obeying the Lord. It takes practice. We're we're never good at anything we start out with. We have to practice the disciplines of the faith. All right. What is your sacred cow? What is the thing that you do in your life that is not helpful for building a relationship with God? What is it? You might need to assess in your life what is proper to follow the Lord. And what's just stuff we do. Start practicing the disciplines of the faith, reading God's word. I absolutely want you to come to church. I want you to sit in a different seat. I want you to make sure that what you are doing is having a relationship with God rather than just going through religious activity. That will make the difference in your life. Won't you stand? Zachariah is calling for repentance of the people of Israel. Even they're building the temple, Zachariah was more concerned about the spiritual renewal rather than the physical building of the temple. Let us be the same way. Father God, we come before you. We thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you that you continue to teach us. And that your word will be around forever. Long after we're dead and gone. Your word will still continue. And for those of us that love you. And have chosen you to be our king. We have a hope for life. Forever. With you. Father God, we need to be working on our relationship with you. Because you know what? That's what we're preparing for, for eternity to do. Let's start now. Help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to step into that relationship. And Lord, may our relationship that's vertical with you... Help us horizontally as we treat others with justice, mercy, compassion. Help us, Lord, to be that way. To love God, to love our neighbors. Help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.